What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? This is Unsolicited Advice. Uh, this is a little different podcast than what we plan to do. Uh, we release October 24th. That is one week from now. Um, We're looking for all the support. I'm with my host, my co-host, my, my co-pilot, my main man, Evan. What's up? How's everybody doing? Looking forward to this. Excited. Really excited. Uh, we're, we have a special treat. Um, we are with our guest, Maya. Hey, what's up? Friend of the pod. Girlfriend of the pod. Girl, girlfriend <laughs> well, of the pod. Not of the whole pod, you know? Yep, yep. That will frame everything she says now. Uh, just kidding, just kidding. That's not fair. Just, we don't do that. If we did that, that'd be terrible for me. Um, yeah, so uh, this is a little different than what we'd plan to normally give you. Uh, we'll usually be releasing interviews. Um, in the upcoming weeks, uh, we hope that all of you like what we're doing. But this is a special podcast because what we plan to do in the future and right now is to give you reviews of art. Exactly. Right? Simple. Just art. cool stuff that's going on out there. Cool like stuff our thoughts, right our opinions. We may have to rethink the word cool in yeah. <laughs> minutes. But yeah. Uh, so we decided, you know, it's the week of, it's the one of the last weeks of October. We plan to give you the review of Birth of a Nation. Uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't comment on the controversy. Controversy. God, I can't even say it. I tripped <laughs> up on that. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to take it on. We just want to provide a good review. Um, not as it relates to what we thought of the film. I know we all have different opinions. Uh, mm-hmm. Clearly, I can see from the faces <laughs> what I'm sitting next to. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Uh, the, so the thing is that we plan to review movies, and uh, we plan to do this in the upcoming weeks. Uh, if you, anyone, if any of the pe- listeners have recommendations, please tell us. And if you don't tell us anything, we'll review whatever. Yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll, we're going to review anything. We're going to review art exhibits, uh, movies, television, whatever. whatever. Uh, you know, Hamilton, once we get tickets. Yeah, whenever that happens. That will never happen. Talk lost, to Byron about that. Yeah. <laughs> lost, a, lost a girlfriend because I couldn't get uh, tickets to Hamilton. I feel like if I tweeted Lin Manuel that he would comp me free tickets. I mean, right? It's a true story. Um, we haven't had enough podcasts yet for me to say it without it being obvious to the person I'm talking to. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, we, we can review anything from your, you know, the the movies to your mom's cooking, you know, uh, or dad's cooking. Yeah, you know, either either one, please. Either either one. But uh, this week we have a special one. We plan to review Birth of a Nation. Uh, directed, produced, written by Nate Parker. Everything. Like Nate uh, Parker's life. Yeah, life, the infamous Nate Parker at the moment. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I'm trying to think. Where should we begin? Let's 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 begin with everyone's. We all have seen it, right? We all yes. seen it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's start with everyone's experience. I guess going to the movies, seeing yeah. it. Uh, I mean, going to the movie for me. Uh, I remember uh, uh, Roxanne Gay wrote a really nice piece about her inability to separate the art from the artist, you know, given her personal experiences. And uh, she didn't, you know, pass any type of judgment on people who want to see the movie, but she said her personally, she couldn't bring herself to see the movie given her personal experiences and given her, like, personal opinions. And I thought that was, you know, more than fair. Um, I know personally I believe that uh, I'm capable of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I I could look at a piece of work and, like, the outside context doesn't always, like, creep into my mind. You know, I can, like... A segment like that that's not a positive or a negative that's just like no but i really think believe about it. you yeah. are one of the few who are actually able to do that it's true yeah and it's not a positive or negative it's just like that's just how i sat down i just closed everything out and um i watched the movie so for me i was just it was like sitting down in any other any other movie mm-hmm. but um for for a lot of people it wasn't like that 
you know, so people had different experiences when they went to go sit down and actually, you know, engage with the movie. Um, yeah. Maya, I know you saw it. Mm-hmm. Yes, recently. I saw on this this past Friday. Um, I actually saw it with my class. I, I'm taking a class right now um, at CUNY on race in the media. And so we took this field trip as a group to um, Magic Johnson Theater right here in Harlem. That's where we saw it, too. Yeah. yeah. And so that was interesting, too, you know, going to see this movie about the you know Nat Turner's Rebellion at like a famous historically black theater in a historically black neighborhood. Um, and for me, I was really feeling kind of some type of way about seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I remember I was like, should I see this? Even though we were going as a class, because I, I, you know, I really um, was conflicted about it. And then she posted, this is mandatory. You'll have an assignment. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that, that yeah. great. Right, right. <laughs> um, and so we all went as a group. And it's interesting, too, because the majority of the class is uh, all black women. Basically, I think there are like three men in the class. Um, yeah, I figure that's that's a it's a CUNY thing too, <laughs> in the same way. Um, so that was that was an interesting kind of cohort to to see it with, and yeah, I kind of went in feeling on one hand really curious about what the actual movie would be like, um, and then holding that along with my kind of assumptions or fears about what it would be like and what it meant for me to be in the theater. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's real. Um, just b- just before I give my opinion, I think it's one of you care to give a quick synopsis of Nat Turner. Just I know probably our listeners have all heard about <clears throat> him and know like the polit- the historical figure. Just, just like how would you like what's the, what's the movie about? Without just really quick, I mean, yeah, like real quick. Nat Turner led you know the biggest slave rebellion in U.S. history. You mm-hmm. know, it's a landmark uh, period in uh, U.S. history. Sent a shockwave throughout the South and in the North. Um, just an incredible historical figure. Uh, he was a, uh, a preacher, which uh, ins- actually inspired him. He, his faith inspired him to uh, lead the rebellion. Some say that Dave, Dave, David Walker's appeal also played a role in his uh, inspiration for the uh, rebellion. But no, yeah, it's very crucial, very important period in American history and a very important uh, figure for a movie like that. Yeah, no, th- that was perfect. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was as good as I would hope that synopsis to be. Um, I feel like my experience was maybe unlike, or no, actually no, not unlike, but very similar to a lot of people who may have seen it. You know, going through like whether I'm going to see this movie or not. Um, I clearly decide to see it, <laughs> but, um, but but I can tell you, you know, I went with uh, Evan and we saw it at Maddie Johnson, like uh, Maya as well. Uh, you know, that definitely played a part because I was kind of like, you know given this movie's being really controversial and stuff, I had to decide what theater I was going to see it in or like, <laughs> and all that stuff. And uh, you know, I settled on Maddie Johnson. Uh, I make a little quick tangent. Wow. Um, black people talk during movies. I <laughs> just want to say that. It was just that one girl who oh was very excited. It was like, I was like, dang, <laughs> can't have shit. Like, is, but anyway, uh, no, and it's funny because that kind of, in a weird way, that kind of framed how I saw the movie too. It was like, I was with people that had were watching for academic purposes, for like really deep, thoughtful reasons. Then people were watching it for like a good old shoot 'em up Western yeah. type thing. Mm. And, you know, if I was going to break down a percentage of like why I was seeing the movie, like that's a part of it. 5%. 5% is like I saw Django. I yeah. want to see some, uh, you know, I, I think they're level. action. I think they're level of this movie. And, um, you know, there's a part of me that's like, kill, kill Whitey. Kill Whitey a little bit. Just in the movies. Just in the movies. Just in the movies. Just, 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 just in the movies. Just in the movies. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, PSA, just in the movies, Raider 8. Uh, but, you know, I, I was walking to meet Evan to see the movie, and I was li- this is the first time I've ever really been, I was, like, dry heaving on my way to see the movie. <laughs> I, was, I had no idea what to think, because I think, like, you know, given the controversy, and, like, you know, as I said, like, that's clearly a part of it, or at least how I, when I went to the movie, I, I didn't know, like, would I be able to see this movie. You know, I, I like Nat Turner. The story's great. It's really important. And I wanted to be able to, like, really enjoy it for what it was. And like so I was just I was nervous. It was like it was it was I felt like um you know Oprah whoever the real character Oprah was based on and Selma who like, <laughs> I just received my my vote. I was able to vote for the first time. <laughs> I was like so nervous. Like so much was in the background and it meant something to my future. It was crazy. It was like so you know that was my experience and I I thought it was a, I thought it was a good movie. Um, but you know we're obviously gonna get into that. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you what do you think the best way to begin this is? We you want to start from the beginning, beats per beat, or you want to say what we liked, what we didn't like? I could say, like, I guess, like, maybe just general, you know, things that stuck out to us about the film. That's that the we thought was Things that stuck you out. You know, and for me, like, one of the, I, I read a couple of reviews, and some of them talked about how in this film they felt that black people exist uh, slowly, uh, so, uh, solely to be brutalized. And I thought that was missing a little bit of, um, you know, that, that, that subtle nuance that I think Nate Parker deliberately put in there in that in every act of brutalization, you had an equal act of resilience on the part of the whatever enslaved individual was in that scene. You know, like, yeah. yes, you did see, you know, someone who had their uh, teeth broken open uh, to be force fed. But during that scene, you also saw like a, an incredibly resilient man who's been starved for whoever, however long and is still like, even in that context, you know, acting in rebellion you know he's 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 staging a, a, a hunger strike you know of, of his condition you know you had you know Nate Parker uh you know get whipped but never scream out you know you had like several instances of that where you there was definitely brutal acts that were hard to hard to watch but in every single act there was an act of resilience and I think you're seeing a lot of that in maybe more uh you know, 2016 slave movies. Like I, I know, like there was a deliberate attempt to do that. Also, in uh, the new Roots that came out, where instead of just you know pure acts of brutality, you had a lot of resilience on the part of the enslaved individuals in the movies. So I thought that was uh, nuanced that might have been missed by some reviewers, and I thought that was a you know a positive aspect to show in the in the film. Yeah. Um, no, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I don't want to jump into something unless this is what you kind of were getting to but like the whole fact that i think you had said this to me before this is the one of the few movies slave movies uh that where there isn't like the white savior and i, I, yeah. sh- I shouldn't even just limit that the slave movie that's basically every movie that includes <laughs> black people that, yeah. that ever existed well, well, ever. yeah but black people succeed there's a there's a reason they'll, they'll yeah. find the white man and say why he succeeded <laughs> exactly and you, i was actually we were actually sitting down and i was struggling to think of a movie that didn't have a white savior, like Django is obvious, you know, you have the, I don't even know his name, but the dude literally frees him from slavery and carries him around so he can kill people, you know? I feel like Django is like on the spectrum of white slavery, not, I feel, or white savior. Um, you could argue that the guy who bounty hunters is a white savior. Huh? You could argue that, uh, well, Christoph Waltz character yeah. gave him yeah, the tools. And that's, no, that's freedom. probably like one of the most blatant examples of white savior, I feel yeah. like. And, you know, if we're going to talk about that spectrum, I, I wouldn't, I'd be interested if someone tried to make the case that, uh, you know, whatever, Samuel Turner was kind of the white savior or the mom or. Samuel, I mean, 
What do you think? I don't. I don't think that's, so. I'm using it too loosely. Yeah. yeah that's, no. I no, agree. because but. he because he <laughs> didn't say. I think what the movie was trying to show with Sam Turner was that he thought of himself as sort of a white yeah. savior. No, that's you know, yeah. and um, but I don't think that he was, and I think it was clear to all the slaves on the plantation that he certainly was not. And yeah. they sort yeah, of humored that. No, he felt that. real good about himself. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like I think that there were times when they sort of like humored that aspect of him because like they're enslaved and they have to do that yeah. but yeah i don't think that he was a white savior yeah like i've and i feel like it's really interesting because some of the review uh reviews they uh a lot of them have trouble with his development like in, in uh, one scene of uh sam turner's development in yeah. that when he eventually you know um carries off gabrielle union's character to get uh raped by that one of his friends people were like how I don't see this. There's no development without understanding like the the nature of being a slave owner. You know, like yeah. you you might have been able to relate to him because he wasn't blatantly evil in every aspect of his being, but that's the nature. Like he was always there. Yeah, it was always there. <laughs> you know, the that's how we always thought about this <laughs> yeah, slave, slave. You know, party. and <laughs> to miss that is feel like it's to miss a crucial understanding of just the nature of that relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what stood out to you? Good um, or bad? Good or good, bad? Good or bad? Um, I, I let's see the good the good things. Um, Man, those good things are tough. But, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I definitely think it's to to expand on the white savior thing. I yeah. think that they did a good uh, job presenting kind of like the sympathetic white care, or not necessarily the like showing white people as sympathetic yeah but presenting white people who think of themselves as sympathetic to black people um and i think that that was really well done you know because you see uh you know this slave the the slave owner the the kind of matriarch um who i don't remember Uh her name now Uh, old bridget i think sorry was that her name that's his grandmother the sam sam's mother the one who taught him how to read the one who taught oh, oh, Nat oh, oh, Turner yeah, how to read, name, and you know she's like, oh, you know, the the his, Nat Turner's mom thinks that you know her son's about to get like the shit beaten out of him yeah. when <laughs> some right. Well, sorry, I'll give you. someone actually. I was re- listening to a review, and it was just interesting. Someone was pointing out, and I, I think we all probably agree that that was one of the best seat, like in terms of nuance, because you know, as a first time filmmaker, I walked out the theater with Evan. I was kind of like, you know, I like the movie. But there were definitely things where I was kind of like, wow, he just tried to throw in every trope or every movie <laughs> thing he's ever seen. Like It was like if we sat one night and we're like, yo, man, I like this scene in Training Day. I'm going to throw this in <laughs> you know, I like that scene when he's underwater. And he just did everything. Uh, we'll touch on that again. But um, that particular scene, the you know, obviously the juxtaposition between the his Samuel Turner's grandma or mom, I don't, the one who taught Nat Turner how to read, like the fact that the difference is that she thought it was actually a good thing or didn't think of uh, his mom as like a, a person. Like I'm taking this person's child. She thought, mm-hmm. hey, I'm doing, so, doing yourself a favor. And, yeah. Uh, I thought that was actually really good. Um, sorry. Yeah. So back to <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I want to say that. <laughs> um, no, but I think that that is what I liked about that scene is, you know, you see this white woman who's like, you know, I'm not going to kill your son for knowing how to read. In fact, I'm going to keep teaching him. And I'm going to take him away from you. And you're welcome, by the way. You're welcome. And so I just thought that you don't that... Have to thank me. Right. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, it's for free. Um, yeah. So I thought that that was really interesting. And uh, I almost kind of liked the idea of white people watching this movie and like identifying in some way with like Sam Turner, with her mom. 
with his that's mom real. and then just being kind of like caught unawares at the end like oh shit oh no wait i take it back i i, I don't want to be like you um because i think that, that that's true. what you see now in some way not obviously slave owners but you see like white people who fancy themselves as like sympathetic and teaching then, and schools and yeah <laughs> no I mean, I, like, I, I, yeah. it's it's complicated because i don't know just there's two sides of that coin like i like that well i mean there used to be a late night ad about like uh like basically it's like a big brother spin-off program to help kids predominantly black and kids of color and it was just my i remember i was watching my brother and all we saw on the ad were just white people helping out the kids <laughs> and it was just like really you can't find uh, any people of color to help <laughs> like come on no I, I that no i think you're right that is uh no because even i watched it and i was kind of like dang do i do i like this white woman teaching this kid to read like it's kind of good um, no, I think it's interesting. It's a it's a movie. It's a thing that's used in a lot of these movies. They always present like, if you will, the benevolent slave owner. Like in twelve, just like was like, oh wait, is yeah. that a big Cumberbatch a nice slave owner? <laughs> it's like no, he's a he's a slave owner. <laughs> and I know me, Evan, and I talked about like I thought Nate Jeff, Nate Parker did a great job uh, presenting the like the spectrum of I guess evil. It's all evil, yeah. but he did a good job and confused. It was confusing to me. It was like it kind of yeah. spoke to how intricate that system of slavery is and oppression. And I think that level of dissonance that people felt when they wanted to relate with someone capable of just heinous, brutal acts, it it was great. It was very good. And I didn't like that some people blamed the movie for that level of dissonance that they felt. Like when they watched the movie and thought, he's not a bad guy, but wait, he is a bad guy. How did that happen? Like, no, that's who he always was. And you're just seeing Mm -hmm. the full spectrum. Yeah, boom. Like, you, I don't know. No, it's like you. It's like you think you've read the whole book on you know Samuel Turner or the mom, and you haven't. No, you, you, this has always been part of his story. They've all done this. You said it way better. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> no, which why I thought like this movie on on uh, Nate Parker's part to make this story of like almost slow, solely black resilience and you know uh, 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 liberation was extreme, extremely, extremely positive in in the in the sense that. You know, you didn't have the, the 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 white savior. You know, you took this individual, who, as I said before, was like a very important person in American history, and elevated him to the ranks of a lot of our national heroes. And for one reason or another, or he, you, his his impact has sort of been uh, marginalized and very deliberately so. And I think you saw a lot of that in some of the reviews where people tried to act like his impact, especially even in in, in the current you know, in in its current state, what was negligible. I thought that was uh, frustrating. It, 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 was, it wasn't the point, but I also thought it was frustrating to see because you could look back in history and see the impact that it, his, uh, his, 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 his rebellion had among, you know, the white people. You know, a lot of people immediately linking to him to, you know, David Walker's appeal, uh, I think in uh, Massachusetts, and passing, you know, lib- uh, legislation to prevent slaves at a, at a quicker rate. It was already being passed, but it started passing at a quicker rate uh, after his after his rebellion. You know, keep people from reading and uh, being educated because of the the, the fear that a, this black preacher, you know, instilled in white people. You know, when he baptized a white man. You know, when he galvanized other slaves to to you know to revolt. Like that's was so beautifully captured. And then that one scene, you know, you've been saying it all week, but when he screams like rebel, like that's a really like key moment, you know? It's it's funny because uh, that particular scene is so like just movie magic scene. Yeah. <laughs> like just like you're, all right. In the movie, Nat Turner's a hero. And I, I purposely say Nat Turner and not Nate Parker. <laughs> but um, 
that that was a hero's moment and uh, that was great uh i think obviously we all have issues with this movie uh for whatever reason i think it's probably important just to let's be objective in a way yeah. just give it give, like it's not just praise this movie it's not a it's not the best thing we've ever seen or what i've, I've ever seen it was really good not at all like but, i yeah like i was gonna say before like i think it's like he was very deliberately trying to create I think he even says this, like a black Braveheart, you know? He actually went to Mel Gibson uh, while he was filming the movie to ask for advice. Uh, went to, I believe he went to Spike Lee, uh, Steven Soderbergh, and Edward Zwick as well, all to, like, capture oh, this. Oh, man, Edward Zwick is the white savior, yeah. <laughs> king of white saviors, last samurai, blood diamond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, glory. He did Glory and, like, Defiance. Those are literally yeah. all white saviors. But I think <laughs> he only helped with the uh, the battle scenes for the movie. I think the battle scenes were the weakest. Yeah, that so was that was a budget. That was such a budget. You could, like, you could blame Edward Zwick yeah. for that. Um, but no, so he was very deliberately trying to create this uh, hero in the in the in the form of Braveheart, kind of like um, kind of like Nameless from uh, Jet Li's Hero. You yeah. know this you know historical like Leonidas from Three Hundred, this historical figure that we kind of mythologize to be to become a, a folk hero a little bit to elevate their impact in their story and i would say he did so in keeping in like a very patriarchal type of of, right. of narrative yeah nice. so it was it wasn't it was it definitely wasn't perfect yeah so i, I think it's a good transition my yeah, my, uh, <laughs> yeah. the resident expert in um, patriarchy um, <laughs> I, I, I should i should be better at it but anyway like just give us your opinion i know you saw the movie through a different lens uh yeah i was i was gonna say um i actually think my biggest qualm with it was exactly what um evan or what this Evan, your boyfriend, um, my boyfriend Evan, <laughs> um, just identified as one of its like more compelling strengths. Um, that he kind of was the black brave heart. You know, I, I yeah. think that like the brave heart image is a really limited one, and I don't think that you can make a movie about slave liberation while keeping to like a brave heart, <laughs> a brave heart narrative, which is kind of inherently patriarchal and the funny thing is a lot of people uh and i'm sure you'll touch on we should touch on is uh nate parker in terms of you know writing drama using rape as an impetus or like as a as yeah a, what's, what do you call it like what catalyst a, a, sto- a catalyst a, a, a something part yeah. of the story i'm fucking blanking my words yeah no I, I know we had different opinions about that what do you think um i mean we we talked about this the other day and so i'm not sure that necessarily that rape scene um which i was glad that it wasn't really a scene as um that that uh, the scene where cherry ann is uh gang raped and beaten uh we sort of missed kind the action cheesy yeah che- like like i'm talking on just a movie scale but like a little cheesy like not creative on in a weird way if you're going to use it as a plot device like not even creative like that they kind of passed over that but i was glad that they did because i was like i don't want to see that yeah um <laughs> uh but i think in general what was really tr- like troubling to me about how the women were written into the movie mm-hmm. was that a lot of the violence in the movie was sexual violence towards women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then there was like not that much focus on how it was actually impacting women in mm-hmm. any kind of like emotional way or True. transformational way. Like yeah. we didn't really even get to spend, ended. right. Like we didn't spend much time with Cherry Ann mm-hmm. after she had been raped and her, you know, we see her face like compl- destroyed basically. Yeah. Um, but then it's the focus is on, Oh my God, how is this impacting Nat Turner? Like exactly. what changes for him emotionally in that exactly. moment? Um, and I think that was really problematic. Like if you're going to, you, sorry, you don't think they show Nat Turner having like 
a transformation. No, I think they, they did. Of, no, that was the problem. Like they the problem was man. right, exactly that. Exactly, that the yeah. sexual violence Got that you. was targeting like, women, literally affecting women, right? Like it was literally <laughs> affecting her life. And but like it's all about like how it affects him. Yes, yeah, like so like like I said before, like I think he had a moment like of nuance where he wanted to try to show black resilience in in moments of brutality, and you saw that consistently, except with the women, when you had acts of sexual uh, sexual violence. Well, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Union walks off crying and then she walks off camera and you see how her husband, husband Idris Alba knockoff <laughs> amazing <laughs> that's how that's, God it got him for like two dollars a sandwich he was like I'm work. no but exactly you know exactly you see his his moment of resilience yeah, then but she just walks off camera right. you know yeah. for for another because she had because she had no lines you know yeah. um, you never see word. cherry's act of resilience after getting beaten except to support uh nat turner you know you never see yeah very you know true. very you well, women almost had like a, a a level of you know like utility for for men in in, in this movie not saying this is perfect but i feel like the one time he actually did or at least addressed the fact that like there's pain and you know stuff this decisions being made from women is when who was nat turner's wife again sorry Cherry um, is when she just gets sold to Samuel Turner, mm. and she mm. has all the problems with her back. And you see the his uh, the matriarch of the family, his grandma, just close the door, and be like, "Just leave, leave us alone. We mm. gotta handle." This. I thought that was great. I thought that mm-hmm. implied, at least implied, that like that those conversations are going on, and there is trauma. In but let's see it. Women. You know what I mean? Like let's see it. All right, let's so, watch it. First, first controversy, first difference. I don't. Yeah, but like, God, is Nate, Nate Parker's a first-time director? He's just trying to write easy scripts. Oh, no, 100%. <laughs> no. So, like, uh, this isn't all on him, but, like, the movie, the product itself, obviously, no, it's like you said, perfect. like it wasn't the best thing we've it's ever perfect. seen. You know? It's not. But I guess I'm giving participation points. I, I, that's what I'm doing. This whole <laughs> podcast should be Nate Parker participation points. You failed. You tried. You tried. Um, no, but I almost feel like he succeeded in what he wanted to do. But what he wanted, wanted to, to do, do wasn't right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, right. man. That sounds yeah. a lot of like, participation. <laughs> I like when I totally do the wrong like assignment, but I did it hard. <laughs> um, no, like I feel like the, the role of rape in the movie in and of itself was extremely problematic because it, it almost had a utility. You know, it wasn't the exact catalyst for the for the rebellion but it served as you know one of the you know straws on the camel's back you know uh, uh, consistently so and i thought that kind of mirrored you know creepily the the original birth of a nation you know which i haven't watched but i've read wow. little summary on wikipedia and <laughs> no and that's how, what they did like oh. the ku klux klan existed because White Runaway black raped, black yeah. slaves were running around. Uh, Shout out the thirteen white women. <laughs> Shout out the thirteen. Yeah, definitely watch that. Yeah. yeah, and in this in the, in the same way, like Nat Nat Turner's uh his troops almost exist in part to combat this sexual violence against women. You know, and you never really get to see the the women's resilience in that regard. Like them take their level of vengeance. Like it's very satisfying to see Nat Turner have his vengeance, but you don't get to see anybody else. So the irony of all this is and this well we can touch on this about the factual inaccuracy of the movie is that in the real story, black women do find their resilience. Yeah. <laughs> They're also killing slave owners yeah. and uh children too. Yeah. And uh <laughs> women too and I don't, and I, I know we talked about this, but I think it's interesting. Like, wh- what, why, do, why don't you think Nate Parker included the fact that women were a part of the slave rebellion? Like, in terms of an action 
kill Whitey Flick, uh, as I call it. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't want to have women included in that? Like, Well, I think, um, so Slate sat down with Dr. Uh, Vanessa Holden, who said that, and like, if you're trying to keep the movie historically accurate, yep. it probably should have been a more domestic type of rebellion, where most of the, you know, the killings took place in the home, and where you would expect to see women having a much larger role. But yeah. Nate, uh, Nate Parker choosing to remove it and put it on a literal, like, put it on the battlefield, kind of. And at the end of the day, it's fiction, so that's not really an, ex- an excuse. Uh-huh. But in that regard, you can see why he says, like. You know, as a good, you know, traditional American, you know, soldier, I can't have women on my, yeah, you know, old century battlefield. Like we can't do that. Like, so in that regard, I could, I could, his choice of setting kind of precludes uh, women from being involved. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's an adequate excuse. Yeah. Um. So that was one. I just want to run down the. You guys can help me with that, out with this with the inaccuracies. Uh, one of them was that women participated in the slave rebellion. Two, they killed children. Three is there? What's the third one? There's a third one. I don't know what the third one is. <laughs> uh, well, one of them that's totally subjective is that basically people are nitpicking how he, you know, had this epiphany that I need to kill Whitey, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, apparently, like, I, and you know the story better than I did. Uh, wasn't he? He saw like an image, or he saw an omen in the eclipse, or something. He saw the eclipse, the solar. Yeah, which like, he did show the eclipse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which was a cool like, scene. which also historically accurate, which I also found yeah. out. Like that's documented that there was an eclipse around that uh-huh. time period. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the other third big one is that he wasn't married. Did he have children? He didn't. He, I, I actually he didn't have don't a know that he. I don't know that he. he I, he might not, I think I he know. was married and had a I think they were the, the family was broken apart uh, at a very a very early age. Cool. So this is the the like what if version yeah. if they weren't. No, so what he kind of kept in was one uh at least in the history books, I don't think Nat Turner ever makes it to uh Jerusalem. Yeah. Um We saw them at Jerusalem. We saw them at Jerusalem and they get ambushed. Yes. So that's that's his uh subtle uh, uh his his difference. Uh, two, Nat Turner was actually owned by, I think, several slave masters. Yeah. And his family was broken apart. We never see that. And I think he does that to kind of focus Don't on that little dissonance. Like yeah, exactly. Said, yeah, that's, I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is, and again, I, I uh, we we had a, we went back and forth about this, about how much we want to talk about. Because uh, obviously, Nate Parker is a trouble, troublesome at this point. Uh, but I, God, I just totally blanked out. Um Someone help me right now. Freaking uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> Standing next to this um, microphone. Okay, like, like how do we, is it a question about how we reconcile, you know? I want to get to that, but I was talking about. While you think, I just want to throw in really quickly. In. Apparently, I just Googled this like a little bit ago. Nate Parker's uh, mother, uh, slave owner, fled from Saint-Domingue, which would later be known as Haiti. Yeah, so shout out. Shout Wait, out. Nat Turner Nat or Nate Turner. Parker? Nat, Nat Turner. Turner. Nat okay. Turner. Yeah. So he technically from Tucson. might be half Haitian, like your favorite co-host <laughs> is half Haitian. Just throwing that out there. That's, That's pretty, know, cool. That's pretty uh, cool. A little, little, little yeah. some, some, so, some. So basically, uh, you're like Nat Turner. Really just, just wanted, to, just, just wanted to say <laughs> a little something like that. That like, did not help know. me remember what the hell I was talking. about. Oh, was not. Was that not what you were going to talk no. about? Was not talking about that. Not talking about. Um. Okay, I'll say another cool thing. Please another why you think? I thought his uh, the, the 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 visions or the dreams that he had were were very cool. Those were I think steeped in um, 
West African uh, uh, culture. I think the first scene is incredible. Yeah, borrowed from um, I think a Khan roots. I think there's a, a, might be a tribe in uh, Ghana. I'm not sure. I'm not an expert at this at all. That's cool. Um, where they had like a lot of the the the, the healing women um, surrounding like a, a healer, and they're all coated in this white powder. You know, signaling like their communication with the afterlife and the afterworld. And that and was like the last vestige of like their. Like, yeah, exactly. That's the last thing I thought that was. Is. I thought that was a really cool scene. Um, his father, when his father says, "Like, what you're chosen by God. Don't yeah. forget that." Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <sighs> Maya, what's? I was. Anything? I mean, what something that I was about? thinking about when you said the chosen by God thing. That was something that I was actually like. A little underwhelmed by it was, in the movie. It's, it's very. We, we talked about this before. The difference between Butler and Selma. I feel like this movie is the Butler of yeah. slave movies. <laughs> I, but it's like it worked. <laughs> I'm a sucker, and I like <laughs> I like I, shit. I mean, I read one review where they talked about how he uses like classical storytelling, and like no, and that's true. It is. And um, I, when I walked out, Evan said it was like a hero. It's our hero movie. Mm-hmm. But that's what it is. I was, oh, the thing I was going to talk about was that. Isn't it weird that? Particularly, and I do the same thing because I, I was telling Evan that I get a lot of my history. This might be a little hotepy, probably. But I get a lot of my history about Black history through movies and media and stuff. Like that's just the truth. I consume it the same way a lot of people do, mm-hmm. no matter their race. So I always hold Black movies and art to like a certain standard. Where I'm like, this better be educational. Like mm. this better be real. <laughs> Don't lie to me because I'm not going to hear this ever again in my history class. <laughs> and that, that, that's real. That's but like, crazy. that's also but like, it's that's unfair. Not, right. That's not a problem with you though either. That's no, like, I'm, yeah. That's like a comment on. But obviously, you know, being black, I, I hold myself to high standards. I'm like, nah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I should be able to differentiate what's real and what's not. But you know, a lot of the inaccuracies that people point out, and these are people that didn't care about Nate, like as Evan was saying, predominantly white people that didn't care about the story about Nat Terror to begin with. And now, just out of convenience sake, they're now questioning. Well, not convenience sake. It's pretty convenient to <laughs> question this movie. But uh, they're, you know, they're questioning the factual accuracy of it. And I'm just like, what other movie is held to that regard? Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw 12 Years a Slave, and um, we all did. Uh, it was homework, black homework. <laughs> not, not on the syllabus. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to a friend about it, and he was like, you know, I thought it was, like, not real because, like, do black people talk that way? Like, it sounded too, like, Shakespearean. And it's like... Wow. No, they talk that way. It's yeah. like, but, it's, but it's crazy that we go through history class and stuff. We think that, you know, black people always talk to him like, what up, master? Or really subservient and stuff. Mm. And I thought this movie actually did a great, uh, they kind of debunked that whole thing by having the mom, the mat- uh, the grandma, the matriarch kind of play the master. They navigate that, mm-hmm. you know, that power structure really well. And mm-hmm. that, was, that was actually, that was a positive. I thought that was one of the few times he created well-rounded women characters. With the grandmother. The grandmother when, uh, you know, he's being questioned by the malevolent, malevolent, malevolent uh, slave owner. Um, the slave hunter dude? Slave hunter guy. Yeah. Who actually is Freddy Cougar, by the way, in case anyone knows. Yes. Wow. No, he's typecasted all the time. Oh, it's my just, goodness. It's like weird creep, which is funny because it, it kind of speaks to Nate Parker being really on the nose and just like creating a hero, like a, a paint by numbers movie just by hiring mm-hmm. like villain, villain, villain. Yeah. Like I recognize every villain in that movie. Um yeah, I'm trying to think. My main point was just, that, yeah, I was. It's interesting that people are holding up the inaccuracies as a, a point of contention in the movie, and I just, I'm not sure that's necessarily fair to Nate Parker. Mm-hmm. I think he had a shoestring budget. Um, that's that, and like he did. Shout out Tony Parker. <laughs> shout out Tony Parker. Seriously, <laughs> shout out Tony Parker. Um, but again, I, I want, I want, to, I, I do, I do think it's important to. It, we'd be remiss again if we only talked about the positive stuff. We all had issues with the movie. If we could go around and just talk about the issues, regardless of the context, the political context or 
everything. Like, what is wrong with this movie? It's a difficult question if you didn't find anything wrong, but what was wrong? For me, part of it also was, which was just like a general issue, the the rebellion in real life was short, like maybe 48 hours. Um, there have been movies that have done a lot, you know, in 48 hours. You've made entire films mm-hmm. in 48 hours, and it felt like this movie led, focused very much on the lead up to the rebellion, mm-hmm. and then it felt like during the actually watching the rebellion's over by the time it begins. You know, it's weird because I was I was kind of glad I was like I was like I just want to. Well, I guess it's, it's the dramatic irony of it that I know he dies, and I'm just like yeah. I just want to get to it. Let's just get it over with. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Maya? I feel like I want. I agree. I, I I felt like I wanted more um, time spent with that rebellion. I mean, that's kind of why I. That was like the redeeming thing that I was going to the movie for. And like, as I mentioned earlier today, I mean, for probably 75% of that movie, I was thinking about the context surrounding it. And I was thinking about Nate Parker and like the rape case. And it was really difficult for me to separate that from the lens that I was, you know, watching the movie with. Um, Every time, you know, Nate Parker, uh, his character, or Nat Turner, I guess, rather, uh, you did something sweet for Cherry Ann. I was just like, mm-hmm, yeah, right, okay, yeah. okay. Oh, you know, I was like, I don't want to see you like give her flowers and stuff, you know. And I was just thinking about such sweet things. Right. I was just like, yeah. I was like, fuck you. Like, no. Um, <laughs> and so I think it was only around the time of the rebellion that I was actually able to 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 to, to feel absorbed in the movie mm-hmm. um, and to feel like, okay, I really am invested in this part of the movie. And then the fact that it was over so quickly was disappointing yeah. for me. You, but know? Also, you also touched on something I also didn't like that I forgot was the nature of the, the, the development of the relationship between Nat Turner right. and Cherry. I didn't, I didn't like it. It happened, it happened quickly. It was kind of weird yeah. in that like, oh, I saved you. So basically that's, that's about it. Like I'm the only option you have. Like he didn't say that, but it kind of like, it seemed like that. Uh-huh. You know, it seemed he like he kind of claimed nice it. eyes though. <laughs> I just, he really is the classic like villain. He just, he's, oh man, he's a killer. Uh. I felt the same way though. I was like, okay, so you, I kind of felt like it was this weird seduction of like, yo, ever since I saw you on the slave auction block, I was, yeah. you know, like oh I was God. just, yeah, it's pretty uh, oh, um, so that was like an uncomfortable thing for me. Just yeah. that. And also, you know, she comes off of that, like, you I'm know, sorry. ravaged also. Like she's obviously been through some really intense trauma. She gets cleaned up and then all of a sudden she's just like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you know, sorry. I, I right. Yeah. And like it was super strange. <laughs> right. Um, and then it's like he, he's automatically entitled to her, her affections, uh, kind mm-hmm, of, yeah. um, which just you know even I can't put the problematic nature of that aside necessarily, yeah, no, don't. but um, even just from like a filmmaking kind of standpoint, though, that was just like a weird transition. Yeah, like I was weird. kind of like it seemed too easy, right? Exactly. I was like, want, yeah. I feel like he knew what parts he like. Like Evan had mentioned, he knew what parts he wanted to focus on, what story yeah. he wanted to tell. He yeah. just knew that. Yeah, the kind of cover his bases or at least pretend that he did. He didn't think <laughs> yeah. we'd be like equipped to realize that. No, nah, you're playing us. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote down a lot of things, but uh, I'm trying to think of the. I mean, there's again. I think we touched on this. There's some cheesy things, which is again first time filmmaker thing. Where he's like, this is a, this is a big shot. He's trying to throw in any shots he can. I thought sometimes uh, the mystical stuff and the realism were not as clear or he didn't know which direction he was really going with. So sometimes it seemed like it was like a Kanye West video where Kanye's just throwing out 
images. <laughs> he's like, he doesn't really care about stuff. He's just like, image. I'll give you images. Cool images. <laughs> just, uh, uh, I'm, I'm thinking particularly, uh, what's the, the first song on uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy? Like the white people serving the black people. Runaway? Yeah, is that the beginning of the, the song? That's, like, that's a table and it's like, oh, that's reverse. Like, because black people are the rich. I think that was the runaway video. But yeah, they had the whole, sh- I don't know. Hmm. I'm not I'm not condemning that shot or anything because it's a music video. It's different, a little different. But I thought Nate Parker was like when he did the the Billie Holiday, um, mm-hmm. Strange Fruit. One. It was Nina Simone. Uh, was Nina, Nina, no, it's Billie Holiday. Yeah, Billie Holiday and Nina Simone. Um, um, it is originally a Billie Holiday song, but, but that Simone. version was Nina Boom. Simone. Yeah. Push. Nice. <laughs> we both kept our blackness today. <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh, I can go into this week feeling black. Um, but one, I, I, oh, I guess the fact that he changed the version, maybe. But I thought it was too on the nose. I was like, dang, man. Like, this is a tangent too. I'm not cool with Kanye remaking that song about not like, I don't. What's the song? Blood on the leaves. Blood I'm kind of like, leaves. That's, I don't think you're allowed to do that. Yeah. But uh, and Nate Parker, I'm kind of like. Maybe that's the theme song for when you talk about like Jim Crow slavery and before that or whatever. But I thought that was a little too like, all right, man, think of, make it make it your own. Don't be cheap. Like mm-hmm. I just don't think that's that's creative. And that shot that was a, a marvelous shot. I'm uh, when you know it's after the slave rebellion and all the slaves and black people are hung from the same tree. Mm-hmm. And I think they tie that with a kid being hung and. Um, a butterfly, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm, that's yeah. that's a little that's a little the mysticism and like realism kind of tied together. It was a beautiful shot. I don't know if it necessarily worked, and it just it just seemed like a different movie. I don't know. Uh, it seemed like sti- it seemed yeah. like style over substance a little bit, but uh, that I don't know. There's there's things like that, and like you know, also when he becomes the hero, and again, if it's a hero movie, then I guess it's fine. But the fact that when he's uh, whipped by Samuel Turner. And you know he rises, mm-hmm. and they show the shot from his legs to his head, and it's like the hero. And I was kind of like, eh. mm-hmm. but at the same time, a beautiful shot in that thing was when um, the other slaves, why he's you know recuperating, totally beaten, is when they lay out the candles. I kind of thought of the same shot with the. Uh, I thought it was just as beautiful as the shot in Twelve Years a Slave, where um, Chiwetel Ejiofor is being hung by the slave hunters, and the one of the slaves, uh, the women, gives him water. And she runs away. I thought it was just like, that's awesome. Uh, real quick, I thought the the role that uh, Faith and Christianity that it played in the movie was pretty interesting. And how he kind of wove, uh, I guess, more traditional African spiritualities with the Christianity uh, to form kind of Nate Parker's motivations uh, uh not Nate Parker. Nat Turner's motivations is like very interesting. I love how we're so deliberate. Like, don't say Nate Parker. It was not, not but Nate their Parker's name, motivation. It's weird because like the names <laughs> are so it. similar. It's so oh, weird. It's, yeah, uh, but like, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, how he kind of like utilizes uh, the faith and spirituality as like a driving force, and you kind of see that just emanating from him when he gets into the uh, the like the theological debate, I guess, with the the other preacher that ultimately great. gets him. Um, whipped i thought that was like a one of my favorite parts oh my god yes it's a good speech uh well the thing i also want to point out is that um what do you guys think i know i read uh there's a new york a piece written the new yorker opinion uh you read it too uh you might have read it also maya uh the one of the people they had an issue with with when the kid who ends up turning on the rebellion like tells a slave master which is really sad like Mm -hmm. That was real. That was really good. That was a good scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that speaks to the complexity of everything. 
at the end, you know, he's watching Nat Turner be hung and, you know, a tear, they zoom in, do a close-up, and then as they zoom out, he's become older and he's fighting what presumably could be the Fighting 54 from mm-hmm. Edward Zick, who uh, did Glory, who mentioned before, which is really interesting. And then, you know, now he's legitimately fighting mm, for, free- for his freedom. Yeah. Cool, in a like, more kinda, like, yeah, yeah, in a more institutional way, I guess. He's yeah. like, a more like okay way. <laughs> yeah. we'd say, like we see him now more as a hero. It's like more deliberate in that way. And I remember the author, the New York uh, New Yorker, thought that was like a little ridiculous. Like he didn't think that was fair. And I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like that. Like, I think his point was like we have no evidence that okay, like there's no historical evidence that a troop, you know, wrote down I'm going to war because of that. Like there's there's none of that. But given the impact that it had, you know, in, in white America at the time. I don't think it's completely rational to completely sweep away the implications it might have had for black America at the time, you know? It was a beautiful shot. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> very freaking awesome. Like, I don't think it's too far at all to say, like, he might have inspired someone to fight for their freedom in one form or fashion. I you know? agree. I don't think that's, like, a creative... I think that is, like, a creative liberty he's totally allowed to take yeah. within this movie. Like, that's not out of bounds. But the, the funny thing is, like, uh, while at the same time I praise it, I've pointed out before, I do feel like that shot was also one of those things, like, him and his boy. Uh, <laughs> his boy was also troublesome. <laughs> no. his, boy his boy smoking pot. And like, yo, man, let's just, maybe we zoom in. And then he's fighting the Civil War. <laughs> and, and it's, like, it's awesome. <laughs> they nailed it. Uh so let's wrap up. Uh, this is our first review. Uh, again, like I said, we'll do plenty more. We'll have our first podcast. We will launch October 24th. That is a Monday. I hope it's a Monday. I'm not looking at a calendar, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a Monday. You'll hear from us. Uh, be sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram. Probably be at unsolicited advice on Instagram. We'll have exactly. a Twitter. It's going to be popping. Uh, you know, we'll give you that, that ignorant humor and... Uh, <laughs> Ignant humor and really smart analysis. How about that? Uh, so that nice, line? nice balance. Like I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're just gonna have a Fox logo too. Right. Yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, so Maya, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for um, having me. Where can we, where can we find you? You know, you're always giving opinions and writing about deep shit. Uh, <laughs> it's um, true. Yeah, it's that's, true. Don't sleep that's on it. Word. That's my thing. Um, <laughs> I'm actually hoping to start a blog pretty soon, and so I'll keep you updated on that. Um, yeah. Please. And Evan, my yeah. co-host, what's up? Instagram, Sunday Saline. Twitter, Sunday Saline. Don't add me on Facebook. I don't use that too much. And there it is right there. Uh, and I'm Evan. You can find me at Evans Lame on Twitter. Uh, we're going to figure out. We're going to get our social media game. It's going to be tight. It's going to be real good. Uh, and that's Unsolicited Advice Review. We'll see you next week. Like a trapeze and got to trap me. And I love to see By the mother dudes, especially when you move in black and blues. Always bruise, so you choose the bruise like Minnesota. You heard him trying to cuff these.